Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast. Station. Podcast episode 192. My name is Josh, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Mr. Liam DeCastro. Whoop, whoop. Hey, everybody. It's awesome to be back on the show after a 17-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I mean, we have Liam on once every 17 years, um, whenever there's a Star Wars movie, so this will be the <laughs> last one for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm, I'm the worst version of Leap Year. <laughs> it's like, oh, every once in a while when he comes back around, it's the everybody's least favorite part. Oh, there's an extra day? Oh, nice. So hold on just one second. I accidentally unplugged my mic, my headphones. Yeah. So I didn't hear any of that. Try it again. Professional. Hey, every, everybody has their first time. It's okay. You know, it's not like we've done 192 other episodes. No, but, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Liam, um, so what, what, what do you do now? Like, like podcast-wise. Oh my gosh! Got, I do a little, bit, your, of, a little uh, bit of everything. You've got your Tottenham Hotspurs podcast. Oh Get Army. God! Um, oh, I'm throwing <laughs> up in my mouth. Uh, you say that to me while I'm wearing a West Ham United jersey. Oh, bro, we're this... doing Star Wars. I'm wearing a Star Trek shirt, bro. Oh, nice. So at, le- at least we're totally ruining things while we're out. And always, about. always. Uh, no, I. Uh, we took a brief hiatus for Hilt Radio because we had a second kid, like a pair of geniuses. So. Um, she's yes Eowyn margaret was born on october 4th uh right here in sunny central valley california uh but yeah since then we took a little bit of a break remy and i uh recorded like two like f- just for fun like just for him and me episodes that i considered releasing but i was like well if it it got to the point where we had waited so long that i didn't want it to be like here's 10 minutes of me and remy talking about disney plus so we're going to wait until Brittany and I can sit down and do like a full-fledged episode, which will probably be in the next day or two. So we'll do our Rise of Skywalker review as well. But I figured we'll do this one. It gets me warmed up. I can talk all the trash I want, and then her and I can be super positive on our show. Exactly. And I can just blame yeah, you yeah. for dragging the negativity out of yeah. me. Yeah, so. because if you guys haven't listened to Hilt Radio, um, they do Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel. And uh, nothing bad ever comes from Disney, Star Wars, or Marvel. Everything that comes out is the next best thing, and then the next one comes out, and then it is the best thing ever made. Well, so. no, because we would have difficulty because for Disney Plus, there were a couple clunkers that came out. So we were definitely like, oh, we'll have to talk about some of the stuff that was no bueno I've only watched, uh, on the service. I've only watched, okay, so this is bad. So I've got Disney Plus. <laughs> I've watched two things on Disney Plus. I've watched The Mandalorian. As one does. And then I watched Miracle. Oh, no way. Because like I was like, I want to watch The Mighty Ducks. And it was like, you can watch Mighty Ducks 2 and Mighty Ducks 3, but Mighty Ducks 1 is on Netflix, so you can't watch that. And I was like, well, I don't want to watch 2 and 3 without watching 1. And then Miracle was right there, and I was like, I guess I'm watching Miracle. <laughs> See, we, what was it? I want to say like the first or second night that we had it, I, I like stayed up all night because I watched The Rocketeer. I watched Tron. I watched Three Musketeers. So it was like all the like 80s and 90s live action shows that I, or movies that I was a huge fan of. Is it like then, the, the, um, 
Leonardo DiCaprio, Three Musketeers? No, this one was the uh, oh, what's his name? Chris O'Donnell. This was the Chris O'Donnell, okay. um, uh, Oliver Platt, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, and Martin Sheen. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. Chris O'Donnell was he was D'Artagnan. Oh, of course he was. Okay, okay. Yes. I was about to say, like, he seems to be the youngest of that group, so D'Artagnan. Yeah, no, he... And he, honestly, I remember being super into that movie when I was younger. Watching it now... Well, and you also have uh, uh, Tim uh, Curry as the villain. Yeah, and it's 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 fun. It's it's a romping good time, but uh, I digress. But yeah, no, we we will eventually get on with, uh, with a future episode of Hilt Radio, hopefully this next week. Uh, in the meantime, I have been satisfying my podcast craze uh, by appearing on American Hammers TV, and now I head up American Hammers Radio. Uh, so I actually do their flagship show. I'm the co-host with another guy here from Fresno uh, that is also a West Ham United fan. And then Tim and I launched a podcast called This Story Sucks, uh, we've only launched two episodes so far, but it, mostly it's him and I pick a topic and we complain about it for about an hour. Nice. It's See, good, yeah, it's that, good that, times. That's good. That's good. Um, oh shoot. What was, uh, so a question, what, what, what is West Ham? Do they, what do they call themselves? Like what's their, well, it's the hammers or the irons because originally okay. the, in, when they first founded in 1895, it was called Thames Ironworks. So the crossed hammers is always a throwback to the, how they originated. And then um, they changed it from Tim's Ironworks to West Ham United. And then gotcha. they carried on. Yeah, mine's mine's very dull and boring. It's just the blues. So the it's blues. Like, Chelsea. It's like, Chelsea! Chelsea! Yeah, there's... The, but, I mean, I like Tottenham. I like the Yids. <laughs> I was going to say, the most Hotspurs. people... Anybody that I know that likes Tottenham, it's they, they're either being facetious because they know I'm a West Ham supporter, or they just like the name. They know nothing oh, of no, the team. Yeah. They just like the name. Well, they've got they've it, got that one kid from uh, 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 the the really good uh, uh, forward from Korea. On oh, Sun. Sun, yeah, yeah. He's, Sun's, he's, he's, he's pretty really BA. good. No, they um, that they're also actually a young team, and I I kind of like that. Right. Well, the uh, what was it? The Chelsea bar that we have here in town. Um, the the first game I went to, like with the group of supporters here, the Fresno Irons was actually at the Chelsea bar, and the Chelsea fans, the supporters, they were all super nice to us. So, like we chanted and you know made fun of each other uh, throughout the game, but they were all very hospitable. It was nice. There's a uh, there's an Irish uh, like pub over here, like in the district uh, here in like in Irvine. Um, so next time you guys are down. Gavin and I want to try it out, so if you're nice. down, you know, when you guys come I'm back down. to visit, we'll, we'll, we'll hit that up. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the Star Wars, because the new Star nice. Wars movie came out. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I really like Yodel. Uh, I have a tattoo of him on my arm. Um, I also like Gold Robot, and also White and Blue Robot, that is much shorter. They are, they are a lot of fun. See, I always get white and blue robot and orange and white robot mixed up. I can never Oh, you mean soccer ball robot. Soccer robot. <laughs> soccer robot. I'm a big fan of soccer robot. Soccer robot's my favorite robot. I like in the new movie, now we have JJ voiced robot. That one that one was really cute and a lot of fun too. Uh what what's his name? Dio? Is that because he's God? Uh, I thought it was Do. Yeah. Do is really cool. I like Do. Do. Um, he's he's also the adopted son of soccer ball robot. So 
Yeah, I, I like that. He was like, I brought you into this world. <laughs> I have I have birthed you. I've brought you to life. Um uh yeah. Okay, so uh, so it's so so, so let's Sorry. I was going to say we should probably for those that don't know, Josh is a a casual Star Wars fan. I like the books more than I like the movies. Yes. And for me, I am a, an avid Star Wars fan, as obviously I co-host a podcast that talks about it. And I have a full sleeve of tattoos uh, that are all Star Wars themed. So mm-hmm. we are going to be coming at this from different perspectives. I do have one thing that I want to get off my chest with uh, <laughs> Disney and Lucas right now. Um, so... The way that they do their books, which I like their novelizations of the movies, ten right. times better than the movies themselves. Like, the Force Awakens movie is a thousand times better because... I mean, uh, sorry, book is better because you get a lot more backstory. And right. Ray, It's weird. They, like, play her off as, like, almost kind of flirting with Poe. <laughs> yeah. Like, when they first meet, she's like, oh, he's very handsome. And you're like... Oh, really? Like, she doesn't oh, want to let do go tell. of his hand. And you're like, okay, Ray, okay. Like, I see as, you, girl. As, the, as you know, Finn is, like, bleeding and, like, dying in the back <laughs> of the tank. Um, so, like, that's going on. Uh, and, like, so the way that they do it, they do The Force Awakens came out the day of Force Awakens. Um, the Last Jedi book, the day of The Last Jedi. The Rise of Skywalker book doesn't come out until March. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting decision like, to make. Huh. Because that's what I was going to spend my my day doing uh, yesterday. Because okay? I, I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm going to download the book and see how it differs from the book. Couldn't do it. And I was like, right. oh, what? that's dumb. Well, that's a stupid thing. Because like, <laughs> there's a lot in this movie that I would I would like to be like, okay, I, I want to know how this works. Like how this thing. Like there's a whole bit in Last Jedi in the book, like, there's pirates that go to the, the planet that Luke is on, and, like, they're stealing from the other people, like, those other, like, the nun people. Oh, the, the Acto. But that's just a story that Luke tells. They did that in the deleted scenes, oh, where he tells they? her that, yeah, he tells her that these pirates come and rob the pillage the nuns. She goes to protect them, and it turns out it's just, like, the men come like for to party with like the females yeah. <laughs> like that's it yeah like, like she runs down the thing and she's like ah and they're just like luke's just like yeah they just they just do that <laughs> like yep. but like i found that out before they did the deleted scenes and stuff like that so it's like like i that's why i like the books better um so yeah disney why why you wait four months that makes zero sense to me I mean, when you figure at that point, because most DVDs slash Blu-rays slash digital content will come out about three months after the release of the film. So, I mean, unless they're planning a secondary re-release of like the whole trilogy at once that you can go and pay, you know, to spend your entire day in the theater to watch all three movies. That's the only thing that I can think of is that they're trying to like coordinate with that. Or maybe they've got a, a secret ending. Like, they've got the ending. By the way, spoilers from here on out for uh, Rise of the Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. Um, where Kylo doesn't save Rey and he just becomes the last one. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Be, I was kind of like, Ga- like I saw it. I saw it Friday at 9 a.m. And then Gavin and I saw it today at 
uh, 1 p.m. So, like, I've seen it twice now, um, which I think is more than I can say in theaters for The Last Jedi. Yeah, I think yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, so here's a question. Before, again, we are going to talk about Rise of the Skywalker at some point. Uh, <laughs> Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. It makes more sense to me than just Rise of Skywalker. That doesn't <laughs> no, it's the rise. Well. No, the Rise of Skywalker. I think they put the the in the wrong place. I think you're in the wrong place. I am in the very <laughs> wrong place. Um, we did see two. Uh, we did see uh, two little previews for the new Picard series and one for the Expanse, and I was like, "Good sci-fi." Um, but anyway. Uh, See, that's funny because I don't – well, most Star Wars fans, I don't think we typically consider Star Wars sci-fi. Most people think of no, it as a, fantasy a, a or lot space the, western. A lot of the people – like a lot of people do consider it as sci-fi. They put it in there as sci-fi. And I'm just like, it, it's not. It's it's a space opera, like space western yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, if, if you were to ask like a random person on the street, is this sci-fi? They would just be like, yeah. You know, like, I don't like sci-fi. Yeah, okay. I don't like sci-fi. Do you like Star Wars? Well, yeah. Yeah. Or even worse, they go, I, you're like, do you like Star Wars? They're like, no, I don't like sci-fi. You're like, okay, well, then you've never seen it. So yeah. like, <laughs> conversation they, over. They ain't got nothing there. Um, right. But uh, so uh, there's been a lot of people that have been like jumping on this like Last Jedi bandwagon. And I don't get that. Like, it, it's, like, recently, like, I want to say, like, maybe, like, a week or so before the movies came out. I don't know. I think J.J. did, like, some interview or something, and he was like, oh, the, like, The Last Jedi is not bad. And so, like, all these people, like, started coming out of the woodwork and being like, oh, no, Last Jedi. I So there's this one guy that I know who's been on the show before. I'm not going to name names, but he's been on the <laughs> show before, and he's, like... The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, and I'm just was like, it, was it Gavin? No, no. <laughs> this, this, you've never met this man. He's he's from Oklahoma. Probably just ruined it. But like, he's like, the Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film, and I'm just like, did we watch the same movie? You know what though? It's it's weird because I feel like the initial backlash was a lot of people didn't like the last Jedi and they, the, those were the loudest voices. But then, you know, after a couple of weeks or after a couple of months, you started to have, you know, fairly well-known people, at least on Twitter, uh, that were talking about how it was probably their favorite movie since empire. And at first I was like, Oh, well, okay. They're just trolling because they know so many people hate this. So they're just trying to troll those people to have, have a laugh. But we are years removed from last Jedi's release at this point, And, they're still holding that same stance. I've actually seen people put out, you know, um, Skywalker saga in order, like my favorite movies. And Last Jedi has been either with the, either the top or the second movie in there. And it's it's crazy to me. I, I mean, I'm not saying that people can't have a different opinion. Oh, no. But yeah. when you're that wrong, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to react. No, I'm just kidding. I, I get it. It's not. I don't know. It didn't really resonate with me as a movie. And as we talk about Rise of Skywalker, I'll kind of dive a little bit more into the reasoning why, at least for me, in the Disney era, Last Jedi would be my least favorite. Um, let's, uh, let's, okay, so real quick, what would be, okay, so we'll just go story-wise. Story-wise, sure. which do you think is the best, stand, like, standalone Star Wars movie? If you were to be like, 
one movie has the best story, which because I, I know which one it is for me, like best right. story wise. Which which one do you think has the best story? Are we talking the entire saga or just the new trilogy? The entire saga. So I would say probably with like the entire saga, it's got to be Empire. But I also think that there were more hands on deck for the writing of that one than than a lot of the uh, than a lot of the other films. I, I but uh, but when you really think about which one can stand alone, right? Like which one can you watch without having to watch any of the rest of the movies? It's A New Hope. I mean, it's the first installment. It, when George wrote it, when when it was actually filmed and put to the screen, there was no. Uh, guarantee they were going to have any more story to tell after that. Whereas with Empire, it relies on your, uh, it relies on the viewing of A New Hope for you to fully understand who these characters are and why they're in the situation that yeah. they're in. Uh, and then by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, that one is very reliant on the other two. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just watch Empire and then watch Jedi or watch A New Hope and then go watch Jedi. There's going to be a whole lot of movie that you're like, oh, I feel like I'm missing something here. So I think the best written empire the the one that can stand on its own two feet completely alone it's got to be a new hope what about for you uh for me like i stand alone by itself is definitely a new hope um but i i to me i think best story like how we get from point a to point b um i think it's attack of the clones oh god well like well i mean like if you look at attack of the clones you've got an a and a b story plot that go together it's almost like a guy Ritchie movie where you have your a and b story that will come together at the end of the movie and you don't feel like it was rushed how they came together like i and like i love that b storyline of attack of the clones because i i would assume the a the anakin storyline is the a like that b storyline with boba as he's like I'm going mean, to, not Boba, Obi-Wan, he's like, I'm going to be Detective Obi-Wan. Like, Detective Kenobi is like, I, I would watch that entire, like an entire series <laughs> that's just Obi-Wan going around and be like, hmm, where are, where is this Camino place? Like, it was deleted from the Jedi archives. Like that, like, I, that's what I would love. Like, I, like, that entire thing, I loved it. See, and I don't know, when and I go Django, back and watch... Like Django's fun, uh, the the need to include Boba Fett in a whole new backstory for that character, I think that definitely pulls me out of the the story to some degree. Uh, the the absolute lack of chemistry between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen is so apparent. Well, here's the thing: uh, I'm not talking about the acting. I'm talking about written story. I think the story, if you were to have the story, like if you were to read the book, I think right. Attack of the Clones, the book is great. But I think that's that's where it gets tough, though, is because so much of your ability to uh, appreciate the story is their ability to act it yeah. in a manner yeah. that is acceptable. And when you have Hayden Christensen, when really if you take any of the things he says, especially to Padme, like out of context of the movie, you, you would blow a rape whistle. Like the dude is extremely creepy the entire film. And then Natalie Portman, I don't know why George Lucas gave her the director of like, same line, less emotion. No less. No less emotion. No. This this is a piece of cardboard. I need you to give as much emotion as this cardboard is giving. Like it is so dry that for me, 
hands down, that is the worst Star Wars movie other than the Clone Wars movie from the TV show that they put out in theaters (laughs) because I actually yelled out in the theater, this is bullshit, because I was so frustrated with how terrible it was. was I mean, yeah, I get it. It got better as the series progressed, but if you watch that movie as a standalone, story-wise, acting, the whole nine yards, and like rave club Jabba cousin is just awful. That was Mark Hamill, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know if he voiced Zero oh, the Hut, but I, it I was pretty bad. Like, yeah, like it, it's yeah, the acting is bad. I I just I just like the story. I think the story is a good story, um, mainly because it's just you and McGregor. Anytime that you and McGregor is on screen in in the Star Wars prequels, I'm like, it's a good movie. It's good so far. But I think that 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 is like the rose colored glasses that I have for Phantom Menace, like Phantom Menace as a story, the execution, the script, there's obviously a lot of opportunities, but I love Liam Neeson. So I really don't care what anybody else is doing that movie because I'm honestly just watching it for Liam Neeson. But what about, and I could say that on, Oh, well, I mean, obviously also for him, I love the eye patch. What was the pilot's name? Which one? The, The main pilot. Which main pilot? Like Anakin? No, 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 no. The little boy that flies the Naboo Starfighter? No, no, no. no. The, the, the other guy who... <laughs> the one that they rescue who flies the stupid silver plane. Oh, um... I can't remember his name. The one that's in the coat. The one that yeah, has the yeah, brown yeah. coat. Boy. Um, damn it. I can't think right? of his name. Yeah. I'll remember Captain Panaka till the day I die. <laughs> right. Whose name I think was said once. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. No, I'm trying to think what that guy is. Was it like Wes something? No. It's like... Oh, well. Anyways, yeah. moving along. Yeah. So, moving so yeah, along. I think... Oh, well, no, I, I get what you're saying is like having that story come together. So when you're thinking of that story, you think of Attack of the Clones and you think of Empire Just Strikes Back as probably the most accepted, you know, as the greatest Star Wars film. How did you feel story-wise how uh the rise of skywalker stacking up against some of the previous stories that we've seen um to like honestly this was my favorite um of the new trilogy yeah yeah yes it was uh it was rick ole um there you go uh he was my yeah i mean honestly this is my favorite of this new trilogy like uh if i was to rank them it would go Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens, um, and then Rogue One. Uh, no, just kidding. Rogue One would be two. Um, no, yeah, I was, yeah, I, I like The Last Jedi, like, that movie, my, my problem with that movie is it has, you have your two storylines, and one storyline does absolutely nothing. You start the, uh, Finn, and, well, I guess technically, I guess you have three storylines, if you count whatever Poe and Laura Dern are doing. <laughs> um, uh, as a story, uh, but, uh, which I, I did like that they, they kind of reference that and almost kind of like make fun of it in this movie with Dominic Monaghan. They're like, we should get that guy from Lord of the Rings. Um, but no, it's JJ. No, no he's in Lost. Yeah. He's in Lost. <laughs> it's, he's like, he, he puts his hand up to the thing and it's like not Solo's boat. Um, that would be, <laughs> that would be funny. Um, but no, like, uh you've got that whole bit in, I don't know, everyone like Canto Bop. Yeah, it's bad. But like the whole bit with Finn and Rose, it starts off, they don't do what they set out to do. 
it goes terribly wrong. They don't get the same per they don't get who they're supposed to get. They get a stuttering uh Benicio del Toro who is not a good character. Who they don't try to bring back no. in, well, in Rise yeah, of Skywalker. They, they, they have this character and it's like, oh, he may be the hacker that we want. We're going to assume he's the hacker that we want, even though obviously he's not. Then it's like, he's going to get us into this thing. And then, but we're not going to be able to get the thing that we want to get. So the whole entire reason we go to this Star Destroyer is to get these codes. We don't even get these codes. And then we get captured. And then he, Benicio, just like, I'm taking my, my money and running. And then nothing happens. Like, the entire plot means nothing. And then at the end, they're like, okay, I guess we just get back on the shuttle and go home. It doesn't do anything. Like, they, they literally start and end their entire story uh, before they get to that stupid red-white planet doing oh, uh, absolutely yet yeah, crate doing absolutely nothing well, and that and irritated the crap out of me it's like you guys did nothing like if this would have been like poe and finn it would have at least been maybe enjoyable but this like none of it was enjoyable we were just like throwing stuff in so we could throw stuff in and it, it none of it clicked like it like, to me it was just it was bad writing it was bad everything it slowed the movie down not as much as Poe and Holdo. Laura Dern, yeah. Uh, that was the worst. Like that was just like, please, like take me now. Like if I go in this theater, it'll be okay because I don't have to watch <laughs> any more of this. Well, and but I think that's what that's what was so tough is because so much of this sequel trilogy has been mirrored in what we saw with the original trilogy, right? Like a new hope in comparison to force awakens. Like there's a lot of similarity when you think of empire strikes back and last Jedi, you know, you've got Luke went and trained on Dagobah. Ray goes and trains on Ecto. You've got the little side mission of, Oh, Hey, here's uh Leia and Han and Chewie and three PO and R2. They're going to go fly through this asteroid field. And then eventually they're going to end up, uh, on on Cloud City, and then with this one, it was like, oh, but instead we're going to introduce Rose Tico and her and Finn are are going to go to Canto Bight on, like you said, this mission that ultimately they have no value. I mean, the the I get the point of trying to show that the galaxy still continues on regardless of the outcome of the empire and, or sorry, the first order and the resistance, because here are a bunch of wealthy, you know, uh, uh, billionaire ship builders or whatnot. The, the people that own the shipyards at Fondor like, and Kuat, like who knows, but here you have these, these people that are completely unaffected by the war and that you're trying to reinforce to Finn who has been this, uh, I'm trying to escape, I'm trying to get out of here, I'm not a resistance fighter, I'm just trying to get as far away from the First Order as possible. You're trying to reinforce in him a reason to fight. And I get it. I get that that was the whole impetus behind going to Canto Bight. I think there was a smarter way of going about that. Or you could have had where initially maybe Ray is his reason to fight. He just is trying to protect Ray, which is why when he wakes up, he goes, Ray, and smashes his face on the freaking... Uh, you know, uh, plexiglass or the the plasteel. So it's, the, the, I I get the shouts for why that's in there. 
I think it could have been done better, but just like in Force Awakens, where in Act Two they had the whole Rathtar escape inside the the carrier ship, was to me the weakest moment in all of Force Awakens, and you basically did the same thing in Last Jedi. The the benefit of this is that in Rise of Skywalker they really didn't do that. There really wasn't the Act Two something is happening that has absolutely no impact or value to the story. Um, my my main thing was that the start of the movie is with the the light speed skipping as they're going from planet to planet to planet to planet. Yeah. Like visually, yeah, that's cool. And yes, we get to see a whole bunch of planets. And now Tie Fighters have uh, light speed yeah, engines, I that which was is weird. interesting. I was like, you you shouldn't have any sort of light speed capabilities. They're short range fighters. And especially if now you've got the same size cockpit, but it is accommodating two pilots because now you have a pilot and a gunner in there, there's absolutely no re- room for a light speed engine. But you could make the same argument that an X Wing, a Y Wing, and especially an A Wing shouldn't have sublight engines as well, but they do. So, regardless, Let it's Star alone Wars. The B-wing. I'm right. The, oh, I love the B Wing. I know. It's, um, it's a lovely little. I did like that one of them gets its head shot off. Like, yes. like right when it's like, poo, and you're like, oh. Well, See, welcome. I, I like in the expanded universe that um, Wedge Antilles and Tycho Selchu talk about B-wings are not as enjoyable to fly because the ship rotates on a cowl around the cockpit. So it's more like driving than it is flying. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's like a different concept now, that you that, That's where they should have had Jason Statham. Right, because you, well, you have him in one B-wing and then you have the rock in another B-wing and they just look at each other, give each other a thumbs up. Would they split off like later on? <laughs> I, I'm totally into that, but yeah, no, but I almost feel like that beginning sequence of Rise of Skywalker was was kind of setting us up for the rest of the film, right? Where all the way until probably almost the middle of Act Two, it felt like we were trying to move at breakneck speed because JJ was trying to fit two movies into one. Like he was like, "Let me set up all the things I want to set up so I can have my big payoff in Act Three, which was great because we got the the payoff mm-hmm. in Act Three. But I did feel it was frenetic trying to get through Act One and then really into a good part of Act Two until it really. I think it started to slow down maybe when Ray gets to Act Two, and um, or no, probably when they're over, when they're over on Kajimi. Yeah, when it's like the group of them, I'd say that's when it slows down, especially with like Poe on the rooftop with um, Zori. I felt like that's when we started to catch our breath. We kind of got into the okay, they're on their little side mission. That this is going to be the setup for the big payoff. But everything leading up to that point, um, I almost forgot it to be honest well, he, because he it had, was just so to, rushed. He had to fill in a bunch of time because, I mean, there was none of that in the Last Jedi. Like, how much time did Luke spend training Ray? Oh, I'd say it was at least an hour and a half. Like, yeah, the entire, and you're just like, yeah, she was there for like six days and yeah. he trained her for maybe like 45 minutes. And it's like, <laughs> all right. Because he was either sleeping, fishing, or milking sea, sea cows mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, yeah, they were and it's just to be. like, uh, so like, he had to be like, no, look, Ray has been training. She's been being taught by Leia. I have to show this so that way you don't think she's just been, you know, sitting on her laurels. Right. And it and it was a nice nod to Leia having it be that okay, especially with the 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 uh, force back that Luke does later mm-hmm. where he shows him training her, you know, like with her lightsaber and everything. It really did give that okay, well she 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 got the proper training, developed her skills. It makes sense why she was able to do what she did in the last Jedi. 
but then she made a choice that it was more important for her to lead a resistance than to be a Jedi yeah. because she was fine with letting Luke be the Jedi. Um, I thought that was dope. I thought that was a nice little. I, I did like um, that Disney was like, we're not going to CG Carrie Fisher. And then they were like, but we, we will CG a young Carrie Fisher. Can, yeah. It's like, this will be Princess Leia, not Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, this is a young one. But I, th- I thought they did it tasteful. I thought some of the dialogue seemed odd because obviously they only had certain lines that Carrie had uh, obviously recorded. They but they were that over the back shot too. They were yeah. like, no, look, this person is talking this. But like, you don't have to show that. You can just show like if you're gonna have Ray and the the you know the insert of Carrie Fisher talk to each other. You can do that. You don't have to show Carrie Fisher in the in the shot with Ray. Yeah. Like you we don't, don't have need to show a fifty fifty shot. Carrie Fisher's yeah. head. Yeah, like, no, that's not all right. At all. You can take that out. You can just show well, Ray. Well, they did one where she like turned and she's all like in shadow because mm-hmm. she uh, it's when she was gonna project to uh, to Kylo Ren and like even with that one it was like okay I mean I I, I get it they wanted to make it seem like it wasn't forced they wanted to have a send off which I kind of wish that they had done a send off in Last Jedi instead I feel like the send off with this one seemed less impactful until Chewbacca broke down when Chewie breaks down that's when my eyes welled up with tears because you understand the impact for the people within the film that knew her best, like Han's gone, Luke's gone, you know, Lando, obviously it's not like he was going to feel it in the force or anything at that point, but for her to go. And then when Chewbacca finds out about it, that was, was pretty heart wrenching. I thought it was, I I thought it was, uh, you know, kind of weird that Chewbacca felt more like, was like sad when Leia dies, but like when Han, you know, dies, he's just like, uh, you know, I'll just, I'm just going to walk this one off, guys. No, nah, dude, he shoots the dude's son. Like, he's so well, pissed yeah, but you just killed like my break, best friend. I mean, yeah, he but he doesn't, like, him. break down or anything. Like, Oh, speaking of Chewie, speaking of Chewie, to me, I think he should have died in the transport. No. Yeah, no. Only, only, because, only because if Chewie dies in that transport, you have Rey feeling that she can lose control at any moment and kill somebody. So that will, for sure. that will make her like kind of keep her in that almost dark side path to where you're you're thinking throughout the movie. It's like maybe she could go. I mean, maybe right. if she lets herself into this anger, because you kind of see it in a few places where, you know, she's letting the anger get the better of her. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Well, I got to bring myself back. I got to bring myself back. Like if she if that would have happened and she would have actually killed Chewbacca, that would have been like. Oh, snippety snaps. Because, I mean, when Chewbacca dies in the books, it's just kind of like, oh, man, Chewbacca just died. Like, Nah, it was super impactful because he dies well, no, trying no, no, to no, save no, Anakin no, Solo. Yeah, it's, imp- it's impactful, but, I mean, like, you you kind of don't see it coming. You're like, okay, right. yeah, they, they, can, they can get him out. Like, Jason and, you know, like it'll, it'll be okay. Uh, they, they, can, they can, you know, get something and he'll be all right. They'll be able to get him back. And then they're like, no, we got to take off. And they, they have to leave Chewie on the planet. And it blows up. And you're like, oh, man, that was they lost Chewie. Like, it's well, definitely then, impactful. I think it would have been impactful in this as well if they would have done it. Um, but I think it needed to be like you almost, if you're going to have Chewie's death, 
I think well, maybe it's just because I'm I'm blinded because of the books. But when you see Han in the books, like fall into drink and despair, like he won't talk yeah. to or even acknowledge Anakin, you know, like his his third his third child because he blames him for Chewbacca's death. It but ultimately, Anakin, you find out. J- yeah, sorry, I, I got my I got my kids mixed up. No, yeah, it was Jason and Jane are the twins, and then Anakin's the the youngest of the three. But but Han. Like he's blaming Anakin, but then it's ultimately you find out it's just that he blames himself because he feels like he should have been able able to save Chewie. Yeah. So I like I get that, but because you've already got Han and Luke are dead, and now Leia finally dies, I almost I'm glad we were able to see Chewie's reaction to that instead of like oh well Chewie's already dead, so we'll never know how he would have reacted to Leia's passing. Yeah. You know, so I think you needed to have that moment, and later on there's another moment for Chewie that I think was was a nice little fan service as well that I liked. Yeah, yeah. I I know yeah. When he gets the medal. Heck yeah, like, dude. Bro Heck didn't yeah. get a medal in the first movie. Let's give him one that but here's the thing, like, you know, like if you like Leia was holding on to that medal this entire oh, yeah. time. She could have given that to him at it, like I, I was I was talking to Gavin and Charlie because I was like, you know Leia was like Chewie can have this when he pries it from my cold, dead hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I actually assumed it was like Han's medal or something. Yeah, I think it was. You know what I mean? So she was like giving like, oh, well, this should go to Chewie because Han would have wanted him to have it since we totally were ra- were specious and we didn't, <laughs> didn't give him <laughs> didn't yeah. give him a freaking medal. Uh, Sorry, Chewie, these are only for the humans. <laughs> and then like when he, like, you know, when she dies, it takes another alien to give him yeah. Maz Kanata's like we finally stole this from Say, the humans we've did it Chewie we we've did done it, it together uh, well she's got to give it to her boyfriend yeah, so it yeah. makes sense uh, you know there was there was a lot of celebrating between uh, Chewbacca and Maz Kanata that night finally yeah. got his medal um, that, and well like another, pedal to the medal another one that I thought was a little bit weird that they could have done a send off to that they didn't do was 3PO they're setting this up. They're 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 literally playing T ball with us. They're putting the ball on the tee. Yeah. They're like, Atu, <laughs> if I don't come back, it's you've been my best friend. Uh and then he's like, I'm just gonna take one last look at my friends. And then he gets rebooted and like like he he says the message and then he's done. And you're just like, Oh yeah. snap. Like, three PO dead. Like they're done with three PO. And then they're like, Oh no, we're just kidding, he's back, but he doesn't know anybody. And I was like, okay. And you're like, maybe- oh, that's sad, but not really because he's just going to learn them. Exactly. Now. I was like, okay, maybe maybe this will be a thing. He'll meet R2 for the first time. Then R2's like, nah, I'm just kidding. Here you go. Here's all your memories back, except from, you know, Last Jedi. You don't, you can't have those memories back. And right. I'm just like, really? You set it up to try and pull on our heartstrings. You pulled at those heartstrings. And then you were just like, JK like well and it but but it's tough too though because when you think about it like that is literally the only other thing that R2 did the entire movie like other than in the beginning when Finn plugs that little thing in as they're getting the message from Mark Hamill's character (laughs) his alien skips character like when they plug that into R2 and they're like just another minute and then he gets the the coordinates for the holocron and then they zip off and like that was it for R2 until he's like oh by the way here's all your memories back so i'm i'm kind of with you i was kind of hoping that it would be uh you know 3PO they wipe his memory he translates the the Sith message and then he's done 
and that's it. And like literally, I think it would have been dope if they were like, all right, well, we can't carry him with us, so yeah, we're going like, we to leave him here for parts. We have to leave him here. Yeah. And then, I like, think that, I mean, then that they could have brought cool. him back later, like during the thing, be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we were able to. Zori's like, well, no, I, I think it's just Zori and. Uh, oh, what's his name? The little, the little engineer guy, the hacker. Oh, uh, Baba Ganoush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's uh babu frick yeah so like like it's just like her and babu um which is interesting because the voice of babu frick was um shirley henderson she's gail in train spotting she's also moaning myrtle in the harry potter series really yeah isn't that crazy that's awesome <laughs> yeah i didn't i had to i didn't know that i had to look it up because i was like oh i wonder if they just had like somebody random in the cast so hold up voice uh babu but it was legitimately like we're gonna hire somebody specific for this so does that mean they've had they've had three people from train spotting be in Disney star wars movies? yeah because like they've got they, they got ewan they've got her yep. and then they've got the one girl who plays merida she's uh She's the one that you and McGregor hooks up with in Train Spotting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, like fifteen year old girl. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, I still in, I'm still in primary, and you're like, what? Uh, <laughs> but at the, but at the same time, you're you're also like, oh, I guess they're Scottish, right? So it's fine. Yeah, it's I like, don't know. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, yeah, th- there were definitely those parts that I was like, oh, it would have been so cool. But it's just that Disney thing where they're like, we're not actually going to... They'll kill parents. But like other people, they're like, nah, we're not going to kill those people. We're just going to wait on it. Yeah. The, we'll, we'll hold off on these ones for now. But we'll get there. Don't you worry. We'll get there. Um, we, oh, Kelly McDonald, by Kelly the way. Yeah. We met... Um, uh, I, we, we did meet... Uh, shoot, what, what's her face? The... Uh, uh, the girl that uh, with the with the other deserters, I can't remember her name. Oh, Jenna. 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 Uh, yep. Again, one of those like she says her name to Poe, but it's one of those where it's like it's not like really in scene. Like Poe's walking off, and she's like, <laughs> "I'm Jenna. I'm Poe. You got any parts?" And it's like say these people's names like it's okay to say their names right well you would, Hi, Brittany. You would oh Hi. she's just waving <laughs> as she walks through the background uh no and, and i think that that's that's kind of the same problem we had to some degree with the last jedi where it's like we're gonna introduce these characters and you're like cool are they gonna be really impactful and they're like kind of not really like because we look at it, it was like with holdo and that was my biggest complaint in uh force awakening or sorry last jedi was that you introduce a character who obviously you know is a very renowned actress you know somebody that you would have thought would have been very impactful to she's, the story she's a plant scientist yeah well she's a botanist and, and she did phenomenal work in uh jurassic park but there's you know it's what she did as a character, you easily could have had Admiral Akbar do. Yeah. And it would have been an established character that when he died, turning the ship around and slamming it into, you know, the, the first order ship, we would have felt his loss because it was a character that we were emotionally invested in with, with Jana. Like I liked her as a character. Like I thought that, um, you know, like her introduction felt a little bit weird if, if you will. Um, but, like ultimately like i i don't think she distracted or or um 
you know, minimized her, her involvement in what was happening. Yeah. But when you get to the point where they're doing the infiltration with the weird horse creatures, like on the outside of the Star Destroyer, like there wasn't a, when her and uh, Finn are the last ones left as the ship's going down, I'm concerned for Finn, but for her, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, I don't want to see her die. But if she does, I'm not going to be like, oh no, yeah, I'm crushed forever. Like I'm, I, I'm not invested in this character because she's only been around for 38 seconds. And kind of the same thing with Rose Tico is like, hey, let's build up this character. We're going to make you really care about her. But now it's the rise of Skywalker and she's in about seven seconds of the film. So same thing like, oh, no, they're shooting at Rose. You're like, okay. Billy Lord wasn't in this movie that much either. And I was kind of like, she should be in this movie a lot more. Yeah, I thought that they would have kind of upped her uh, her screen time. But I guess... They you gave know, all they, that to Dominic Monaghan. And I'm like, just don't put Dominic Monaghan in it. Make him a pilot well, or something. I think Well, I think to this one, it was very much a... J.J. Uh, uh, was going to bring his friends that wanted to be in a Star Wars movie. So he's like, all right, yeah, come, come, on, come on in. I mean, uh, to be fair, for me, I was super excited to see um, uh, John Williams as like a bartender in Kajimi. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty dope. Like Freaking they- Dennis Lawson who was Wedge Antilles yeah. in the original trilogy. I, I, like, you see him. I did like, like how awesome. they were like, okay, so these people aren't going to know that this is Wedge if we have a helmet on him. So have the, Let's helmet, take the helmet off. off. I'm yeah. like, bro, like, that seems very unsafe. How are you talking? Why? Honestly, I would have just had him flying his X-Wing and been Rogue Leader. Like, all he needed to be was, you know, Rogue, rogue Leader yeah, or Rogue One. That would have been fine. Be like, oh, snap. Like, we would have got but, it. But I mean, like, I guess, um, like, Lin Manuel Miranda cameoed as a storm, as a resistance trooper. Jeff Garland and Kevin Smith also had cameos in the film. Wasn't Car- I Carl mean, Urban was somewhere, too. Yeah, I, I mean, was- and you bring. You bring back Warwick Davis as the brief uh, uh, Wicket uh, cameo as well. So, I mean, I, I get it. It was some fan service. It was um, when all the 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 Jedi that still live within Ray, you know, you hear Hayden Christensen, you hear Ashley Eckstein, Jennifer Hale, Samuel Jackson, Ewan McGregor. Freddie Prince Jr. He, Freddie Prince Jr., yeah. Um, Alec Guinness, Liam Neeson, Frank Oz. Like you hear everybody that has ever played a Jedi in, or a speaking role as a Jedi in the film. And, you know, I, I thought that was really cool to do little things like that. Um, I, but I get how people felt that this film was kind of uh, bursting at the seams with all the things that were trying to be crammed in there just yeah. for the sake of having it. Yeah. It, it's definitely, you know, when people say like it was rushed, I'm like, I, I can totally understand that. There are definitely oh, parts yeah, for where sure. like it is it's rushed. Um overall like I still like I really enjoyed this movie. Um it had it had the humor parts that needed to be humorous. Um I guess that's all like like all the all the humor scenes were all with Oscar Isaac. Like, he's, and they he's like over the, the comedy top. in this movie. Right, but it was way more measured in this film than it was in Last Jedi. Yes. You know, because like when you think of when we really first meet Poe and he does the "Do you talk first or I, do I talk first? Like I died. I thought that that line was so funny. But then by the time we get to Last Jedi, I thought I was watching an episode of Family Guy. Like it was just yeah. almost too much humor, and to the point where it, it didn't feel organic yeah. to the story itself. And I'll be I'll be honest when when Luke is uh, raising Red Five out of the water. 
I legitimately thought he was going to like falter to like try to freak her out. Like, oh, I'm going to drop the ship because that would have been par for the course with the Luke that we saw in Last Jedi. That he was like, oh, let me do a fart joke once I'm done with this one. Yeah, but I'm the fact goofy. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I'm a crazy old Jedi. But the fact that like they kept it honest to the importance of what was happening, the fact that he was resurrecting his old starfighter and that she was going to have to pilot it, like to have that moment for me was, was incredibly important because I, I think back to a new hope and him in red five is, is iconic, you know? So it, it, I'm glad that JJ did keep a, a little bit more of a rein on, on what he did in terms of the uh, implementing, you know, comedic parts in the film. I'll say one thing like props to Kylo for, like, I guess fixing a TIE fighter that had been not used for 20-plus years. Yeah. One that, one that definitely does not have any sort of, like, dr- like hyperdrive or anything in it. Was able to fly through there and, without the little Jedi thing, able to go in and remember the path through that nebula thing and make oh, it yeah. back. I'm like, good for you, Kylo. We forget that you're like the son of a fantastic pilot and mechanic. Well, and it's, you know, when you think about for both of them as characters, I thought that JJ did a great job um, kind of showcasing their abilities in a way that complemented the characters Mm -hmm. and added to the story. I mean, it would have been very easy to do the healing sequences that Ray was able to do and do it in a way that felt uh, forced. Ha ha. Uh, but but I liked the utilization of that, especially the callback in Act Three, where yeah. you know uh, Kyle, well Ben, because he's Ben Solo at that point, like him having to do that to her after the, after she had uh, healed him on uh, on Endor, like on the uh, the wreckage of the of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was really cool. I thought utilizing those kind of things, you know, the fact that she used, you know, as you alluded to earlier, she used Force Lightning accidentally. Resting, re- trying to wrestle away the uh, the the first order transport from Kylo. I thought that was dope as well, and it very much leaned into her lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, which even the payoff on that, I didn't feel like it was out of the blue because people had been. Um, yeah, I was. You know, I was all in the she's a she's a clone. I I was definitely on that, especially in the beginning when we see the the the, the extra yeah, yeah the extra bodies of Snoke. Like I was like, oh, it's so gross, but awesome. But yeah, I mean, p- people thought like, oh, maybe this is Palpatine. You know, not that he was pulling the strings, but that it, w- it actually was Palpatine just utilizing a different name, and he's all scarred up because he fell down a freaking reactor shaft, yeah. like. I think that would have been that would have still worked for the story, but I loved that it was. You know, here's you know the son of Skywalker, the grandson of Skywalker, and here's the daughter of of Palpatine or granddaughter of Palpatine. Like I thought that was really cool to have that tie in from the you know episode one, where here we have Palpatine manipulating, you know, a Skywalker, and then at the end we have Palpatine malip- manipulating a Skywalker. Like it, he he That's is so the driving low. force. Well, but he's Kylo Ren is still. You know, oh, yeah, Skywalker yeah, blood. Right. He's still the grandson of Anakin Skywalker, the son of uh, um, Leia Skywalker, Organa Solo. But I don't know. I I really liked that. I I thought that it was it was great utilization. I thought it was a great payoff. Um, you know, we kind of assumed people were gonna be divided for the Kyle. You know, the uh, Raylo kiss. 
Um, I loved it. Like there, 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 were, there were people that were like, they're like, I, I don't understand it. Why did they do that? And I'm like, guys, there was sexual tension all throughout Last Jedi. Like those were the only, like to me, those are the only redeeming bits about Last Jedi are the Rey and Kylo scenes. <laughs> Oh, 100%. The, their force bridge mm-hmm. between the two of them, I, I, one, it's an awesome power for them to utilize. And then the callback in this film where they utilize it in the fact that, you know, when they do the battle um, where she's in his quarters on the, the Star Destroyer and he's down on the surface of Kajimi mm-hmm. and they're bouncing back and forth. That, there, there's one of those scenes is my favorite scene. Like that I, in the entire trilogy, there's a scene in there where it's very seamless like it's it's like she's because in that scene she's in uh she's in his room and he's on the planet and there's a part where like they're 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 switching sides so like he's in his room and she's on the planet and she walks it's snowing she walks from the planet into the room and it's so seamless and i'm just like that shot like how did you like did you guys put like that set on that other set and just have her walk through because it's, they had it's to. It was perfect. So I was like, it's so good. Like it, that it, it, is what I really liked about that as well is that this, we had the setup in last Jedi. Was that? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We're, we're getting kind of off, off kilter, but I, uh, but no, uh, I just said, I, I really like that shot. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Same. And it's, you know, when we have the uh, the tie-in later where, you know, obviously he's unarmed facing down the Knights of Ren and, you know, she takes the one lightsaber, puts it behind her back, and then he pulls it out. Oh, my God. That moment, I was just like, oh, it's so good. So I think that's the thing. Like, we spent a good amount of time kind of pl- pointing out some of the opportunities, some of the flaws in this film. But I think the the parts that are good drastically outweigh the parts that were yeah. a little cringy or the parts that you were like, well, that could have been done better, execute better. Or that character probably wasn't necessary to further the plot of the film. Um, and I think with last Jedi, I don't think that it's the negative outweighs the positive. I think that it's, it, it's a, a, a zero sum yeah. when it's all said and done. Like everything that was good was balanced out by everything that was bad. And I think that's why that film is so divisive. I think with this one, I, I don't know if it's just people are carrying over their resentment for Last Jedi and they're just attributing it to this movie as well. Or, you know, like I, I was texting Manoa and he was kind of like, hey, I'm just, I'm glad it's over. Like he very much just seemed resigned to like, no, it was good, but I'm just glad I don't have to see these characters anymore. And I was like, holy crap, man. That was like a a very awakening yeah. moment I, like, for, I, for some people. And I've seen a lot of like, like the, especially, you know, recently, like these people that are like, The Last Jedi is the best. Like now they all hate this film. And I'm like, yeah. but this this fixed all of the problems from the last film. Uh, but they want it. But they wanted it to be more of the Last Jedi because the Last Jedi was such a deviation from Force Awakens, and everything we thought they were going to do, they did the opposite. Like there's a meme that Patrick showed me, um, where it's the you know from A New Hope where. Princess Leia is doing the Obi, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And then it's uh, the, a picture of Obi Wan just saying no. And then it says written and directed by Ryan Johnson. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's ultimately, you know, his uh, his tactic when he approached Last Jedi is everything he wanted to do, everything the audience wanted him to do, he wanted to go the opposite way with it. And I remember on um, Hilt Radio, Brittany and I joked about Luke taking the lightsaber and throwing it over his shoulder. 
And then they literally did that in the movie. And it was, it, I mean, it was funny at the moment, but then after a while I was like, yeah, but I joked about that because I thought it would be so dumb for him to do it. So who as a director would sit there and go, huh, you will be awesome. Huh, listen to this. Like, that's just, I don't know. It, it felt like he was trying to give two fingers up to the audience. And yeah. I, I liked that JJ is, to, like so many complaints that people had with that they they were accusing Ryan Johnson of not being a Star Wars fan but i think Ryan Johnson was too much of a Star Wars fan that he, that he to was trying yeah he wanted to do something different whereas jj was like i'm fine being a Star Wars fan and doing all the things that Star Wars fans want to see and i think Gareth Edwards was kind of the same thing with Rogue One he almost leaned a little bit too much into the fan service and that's why they had to do some course correction to to come back in and do reshoots so I think, uh, I don't know, with this one, it gave me the payoff. It gave me the lightsaber battles. It gave me the starship fights. It gave me, you know, multiple planets, multiple creatures, creatures that played larger roles, and it wasn't just a whole bunch of humans all the time. Uh, and, you know, we get a little bit of a love story. And, you know, the, at the end of the day, the Jedi defeat the Sith. That's What more can you ask for in a Star Wars film? Uh, both of the Jedi, like being there being no Jedi or Sith. Hence, balance to the force, because the there there can never be balance to the force if there's just Jedi or just Sith. Like you wipe both out, balance. What 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 would you have rather seen? Like ultimate, and I'm not trying to be a, a jerk about it, but would you have rather seen where everybody dies, or would you rather see it where Ray and Kylo adopt that there is a middle ground between just doing what Luke wanted? And just doing what Palpatine wanted. That there needs to be that balance where the, the idea of a gray Jedi. Yeah, I think right? I think the balance was Ben. Like Ben was the balance because he was good, went evil, and then came back good. So he knows exactly where that line is. So like that's but why I, that's why like like I, I think we talked about it. I don't know if like we put that in the thing or not, but like oh yeah, yeah, because we were talking about the book. Like if they did like a special thing and there was like alternate ending, like Ray dies and it's Kylo, like I could see that happening too, where Kylo's like, listen, I can train this next generation of Jedi because we've already shown that there's other ones out there. There's Broom Kid. So like I can show, <laughs> right. like I can train this other group to literally be the middle because I can teach them the good and the bad. Like these are both. But don't you think that, to some degree, Ray can do that just as easily? Because well, she never, one, she never she's, went to the dark side, though. She well, doesn't have I don't that know. experience. She was, but she was exhibiting some pretty dark side powers, i.e. Force Lightning. You know what I mean? She definitely uh, was hell-bent on revenge at that one point when she thought she had killed Chewbacca. So, you know, they talk about her... Um, showing her fear, right? Her fear of her past, her trying to run from the responsibility of being a Jedi when she first holds the, uh, you know, the Skywalker lightsaber. So I think there is a lot of allusion to the idea that she is a conflicted character. And to some degree, when, when she quote unquote dies and then Ben Solo uses the force to resurrect her, mm -hmm. I looked at it to some degree that he was putting his life force into her, yeah. similar to what Palpatine did by draining the life force out of Padme and putting it into Anakin to keep him alive. Because ultimately he needed Anakin alive and definitely did not need Padme there. Yeah. And if anything, he knew Padme's death would drive Anakin further into the dark side. So I think it's it's a callback to some degree of that theory 
that it was Ben Solo putting his force essence into Rey. Thus, she is a Skywalker because she has the, the spirit of the last Skywalker within her. Okay, so you know what I want now? So I want alternate <laughs> ending. They both live. Like, he brings her back. They make out. It's a fun time for everybody. Then they go and they, they bring about the new Jedi Temple. Uh, Rey can be headmistress. Uh, Kylo teaches defense against the dark side. And, <laughs> and they sort them into cool little Jedi houses. And then, yeah, I, I think that would be pretty cool. I... I feel now like I that's that. a story we've seen before, <laughs> though. So it it feels so familiar. Did you like Defense Against the Dark Side? Because I think I, I did. Think I, as soon as you said Defense, I was like, oh, here we go. No, I honestly, I think there is like, and it's tough because you and I both read the books. So we know that there's a lot of story that can be mined when it comes to, you know, the, the, um, New Jedi Order, right? Mm-hmm. Or the uh, the Jedi Academy series, like the Young Jedi Knight series. So I think there is a lot of um, um, opportunity that they can look to the further down the road. But as we've seen with the Mandalorian on Disney Plus, that they're they're not afraid to dive into a little bit more of the folklore and trying to um, expand a little bit more of the world base. So I fully expect as much as we've got the Mandalorian and here's your space western. TV episodic TV show. I think we get a Jedi show. I think we eventually get to the point where maybe it isn't Ray teaching the new Jedi order, but maybe it is, you know, 50 years, a hundred years down the, down the line where the Jedi order has been reestablished and they are peacekeepers of the galaxy. But the only problem with that is if you do that story, you're basically setting yourself back up for the prequels again. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, if when they're, when they're inevitably becomes too many Jedi, you're going to have to have Sith to balance that because there has to be balance to the force right now. Like, yeah, you've killed Senator, you know, the Emperor Palpatine. There's going to be another Sith that rises. There's always going to be a dark side to balance out the light. So I don't know, maybe five years, 10 years down the road, they do episode 10, 11 and 12, but they build up the anticipation. They let the actors age a little bit and they can, you know, have that time jump where, okay, now we're going to put them in this situation and how do they handle that? Did, do you think that, um, like uh, to me from, from my reading, like I felt a lot of like Jason and Kylo similarities, like when he was, Oh, for yeah, sure. Darth, uh, what? K- Darth K- Cadis. Cadis? Yeah. Um, yeah. like, yeah, there was a lot of those similarities and, I do like that Kylo actually got more of a redemption arc than Jason did because Jason, like if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I read these, but Jason, he, he's fighting Janna and they like, she's about to beat him. And then like, he comes back to the light. Like, and he's just like, Oh man, I'm back. I've done terrible things. And then she just kills him. And you're like, yeah, Bruh, Ooh. like he literally was back. Like he's he's like, hey, Jana, I, I'm sorry. Like I, I did bad things, and she's like, Ugh. and you're like, oh, yeah, but, okay. But you also have to remember he killed Mara Jade. Like he killed their uncle, you know, their aunt, like their yeah. uncle's wife. Like Luke Skywalker's wife well, was to be murdered fair, he by their a nephew. Lot of people. <laughs> no, for sure. But like, how do you? But I think that even with Jaina, like she's battled with the dark side during uh, during uh, the invasion of the Yuuzhan Vong, 
there was the point in time where she was falling to the dark side as well yeah. because she felt like that was the only way they were going to be able to beat them yeah. was to utilize dark side powers. So it's, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it, to me, I, I was definitely caught off guard by that. I was kind of caught off guard with him going to the dark side anyways. Yeah. It was, Cause he always struck me as like the wimpier of the two twins. It, it was one of those, like he was, he was kind of like almost like semi controlled, right? By yeah. What's, yeah. what's her face? That he met well, in like uh, Tenelka. Yeah, yeah Tenelka. Yeah. So like he kind of was like, unfortunately, he was kind of like stuck. Yeah, and I mean, she was she was more her father, right? Yeah. Like she was the Han Solo of the two of them, so she was more fun. She was the mechanic. She was the better pilot, and he could talk to animals. He was the Doctor Doolittle of the Star Wars universe, so it wasn't he was never going to be on the same level as her. And then with Anakin, the younger brother, like. Because he had that name to live up to, he was always going to be a more interesting yeah. character because he was born with this weight on his shoulders that Jason and Jaina were never going to have. They were never going to fully understand that. And if I remember correctly, Anakin dies saving his siblings. Yes. And like literally he dies not because he's killed, but because he exhausts so much force power, he becomes one with the force. Yeah. He ultimately fades just the same way that Ben Solo does where Ben exhausted himself with the force. He didn't die from wounds that were inflicted. He, he died from utilizing the force beyond his capacity, just like his uncle, just like his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause like, Jason was like the turn was coming back to the light side after he had his daughter, right? I for Jason, yeah, because like he married, like he he marries T. What's her name? The Tenelka. Yeah, he marries her, and they have a daughter, and then that's kind of when like her safety is kind of threatened. Like I think that's when you start seeing the turn where he's not like fully being like as evil as he used to be. Right. And then, you know, anyway, so stuff that no longer exists cannot. Right. Um, but when you but when you think about it, there's so much story that you can mine. There's so many dude, so characters. Much. And it's not that you have to introduce Jason and Jaina solo. I'm not saying that. But like you can you can take some of these storylines and we would love to see them either as films, either as television series on Disney Plus. I don't think I need any more animated shows no. when it comes to Star Wars. I'm totally fine with waiting a couple years and getting a you know a, a badass live action jedi show I, i'm fine thing, with that. i don't want any more jedi for a while give me a republic commando show give me so, like you give me a republic commando show that's basically just like seal team six it's just like right give me that i'll be happy as pie like well we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get the uh um cassie and andor series which is gonna be him and k2so so there's yeah. that and but, you but know, we know obviously that they die. for sure so and you know me i'm 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 very hesitant to put characters in a story where you know the stakes yeah. are never going to be that high because you know there's never going to be a point where they die but the people around them obviously could could be killed at any moment and especially knowing that Cassian is kind of a dick because he has done terrible things we've seen him murder people on his own side uh to be able to escape you know i think there is a lot of um there's a lot of story there's it's a very interesting backlog that we can that we can explore with him as a character yeah. um i would also but, no, like I w- poe and zori like if you give me, i would like, like to see poe and zori, zori like Fast and Furious, like we smuggle spice type of show. Yeah, like give me that. I would watch that every day. 
Did you play um, Jedi Fallen Order at all? Uh, that's the new one, right? Yeah, the newest one. Uh, that came I out. have it. I haven't played it. I bought the new Xbox One X because they had a ridiculous sale at Target for Black Friday. So I nice. got that. It's downloaded. I haven't played it though. It's it's. I I'm, just beat it literally last night. Like I'm I'm hesitant because I do like that they got Jerome from uh, Gotham. From Gotham, <laughs> uh, yeah. I do um, I do like that, but like. I'm hesitant because I'm like, I hate Jedi. Like, I've never liked Jedi. Like, See, what's, ki- what's kind of cool about this is the um, like storyline. Yeah, but the storyline for this one literally takes place just like a couple years after Revenge of the Sith. So it's after Order 66 has happened. So all the Jedi have been purged for the most part. And here's a kid who was a Padawan that is in hiding. And... He's forgotten because of the the trauma of the purge. He's actually forgotten majority of his force powers. So the force force powers that he does still have, he has to hide it because he knows if he exhibits anything, the empire will find him. Um, and they tie in like the night sisters and whatnot that we saw from the, the rebels, um, stuff. Star Wars rebels. So, but the I like it because it is a very self contained story. There are obviously, you know, events that happen that you're like, oh, this is really cool, but it doesn't affect the canon beyond that. Yeah. So I like that. If you're going to do Jedi stories, but have them be self contained, I'm okay with it. Give me Star Wars Lost Stars, like the an actual, like, it could be a limited series because, I mean, it's only one book. Give me nine right. episodes. I'm done. I'm, I'm good. Like, nice. like, that's my favorite of the new Star Wars books. Cause it's 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 basically Romeo and Juliet. Like they like they start off on the planet. He's rich, she, like he's high class. She's low class. Um, they both want to get into the Imperial Academy. So like they like train from a young age. They get to go to the Imperial Academy. Um, the Death Star blows up. They have friends on the Death Star. Um, he's off on another mission. She's on a Star Destroyer. Death Star blows up. And he's like, his group is like, oh, snap. So it's like during that time when like the Death Star is blown up. So it's in between four and five. So yeah. it's like that no man's land where they're like, we need help. Like they, they're, <laughs> they're stuck on this planet and they're like, yeah, we need to get out of here. We need help. How are we going to, we need to be reinforced and everything. And it's like, ah, eh, well, the Empire like kind of like doesn't care. And so like, he's like, screw this. I'm leaving the Empire. And then he finds his way into the resistance or to the rebellion. So he oh, becomes nice. a pilot in the rebellion and she's rising through the ranks of the empire. And so like they're on Hoth. She sees him flying. He does a like, she's manning a gun or whatever. And he does a certain maneuver and she's like, wait, that's the maneuver that we used to do. <laughs> and so she's like, Oh shoot. So she knows that he's still alive and then he realizes that she's still alive. They meet back on their home planet again, and it's gone to crap. Uh, and he's like, yeah, this is what the Empire does. They turn these planets, like this was a nice, prospering planet at the beginning of the book, into now it's just like a factory planet. And right. like, this is what they do. And it's like so good. And I'm just like, because like, it ends up being like, he is like, ends up being like, gold four or something like that he's like really high up there and then she's like the captain of a star destroyer and her star oh, destroyer funny. is the destroyer that crash lands on jakku oh nice and i'm that's just cool. like what? that's a good 
What book is that one? Lost Stars. It's by Claudia. Lost Gray. Stars. Nice. No, that's I'll send you a copy for Christmas. Oh, how nice! Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, no, I, oh, I'm... we got your we got your Christmas card by the way. Oh, good. Remy was super excited. He was like, "What's this?" We're like, "That's for Taco Bell." And he was like, "Ooh, can I have it?" We're like, yes, it's for you. But like, I only remember because I was like, "Well, I know at Taco Bell, because you guys have your dietary thing," and I'm like. You guys, they you can have all kinds of yummy of rice and beans and stuff. Well, yeah. Well, it's because Brittany and I both like diarrhea, so that's our dietary needs. I mean, so who doesn't? Nice. I mean, sometimes this you just got to get it out. Got to clean. Got to cleanse the yeah. system. Like I do like like because it, it's also like a game because you're like okay, if I eat it's this roulette. Taco Bell, I've got like at most thirty five minutes. Oh God, that's you're you're you must have a very long intestinal tract if you've got thirty five <laughs> minutes. Uh, I mean, it's definitely one of those, like, you can never eat Taco Bell out. Like, there were people when I were, like, at my, at my big corporate job, and they were like, yeah, let's get some Taco Bell. And I was like, y'all are insane. It is noon. <laughs> I still have work to do. I'm here till five. It's like people going to get drinks. You're like, you, you know, we still aren't done with work, right? This is a lunch break. You have to go back to yeah, work after like, this. I, I can't spend the rest of, you know, the day in the toilet. They're going to come would be nice. for me. Right, they're gonna add. No, they'll all be in there with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, I, 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 those type of shows. My goodness, I got something in my. Eye. Those type of shows, like I, like books and everything, where it's just like these are normal people. I love the normal people stuff, like normal people in Star Wars. Like, give me that. Give me all yeah. of that. Heck, well, if if they decided I, to do Rebels and just be like, here's a live action Ezra. Yeah, or is it, for is, sure. Is it Ezra or Ezrin. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra. Yeah, sorry. Ezra is uh, uh, Dragon Prince. Sorry. Oh, nice. Well, and it's so. So I think that's one of the things that Mandalorian got incredibly right was utilizing places or characters that felt familiar but weren't. You know, like with the uh, the IG droid, like mm-hmm. it's IG eleven. It's not IG eighty eight, but it's obviously familiar enough to us that we're like, oh, and I'm excited to see this character in action as opposed to just standing on the bridge of a star destroyer because it was only a skeletal structure it wasn't something that was made to be able to move so i like that i like the, on, the utilization on, of Mr. like star wars fans he was in two scenes yeah because his carcass yeah. is tucked in the side <laughs> of like, the freaking java's palace yeah um but no it's it, it's it, like utilizing an ugnat right and having it be able to speak basic mm-hmm. and communicate and you know it talks about his uh servitude and how he eventually got his freedom you know i i like that i like that they've um even my favorite uh, episode so far has been the one that they do the prison break i don't know oh, if you've a, watched this I'm, one yet i'm completely caught up dude like i've oh, okay. i love it yeah so i think it's 5 episode 5 six, or 6 6, six. Cause, okay yeah, 7 so, is the only one that we've got a like and and that was my problem with the with the show it was like it was all kind of like monster of the week type of thing yeah yeah and then this one i was like i i really want them to give me like some sort of like stakes because like that that's one thing that the show hasn't really had it hasn't had stakes right like it's just like yeah you know i mean it's gonna be fine um and then this one i was like oh we've killed the character we've got stakes yeah Well, and it, but it was the stakes were where's he going to go next and how's he going to keep the child safe? You know, and now it is, oh, he's lost the child. Now what do we do? You know, I think that there is something 
the, the, obviously because this is the, the penultimate episode, right? Once we get to next week, Friday is when we get the finale for season one of The Mandalorian. So they're going to have to tie it up to, to yeah. some degree. And now you've just introduced the, the Grand Moff for the for the series. Giancarlo so, Esposito. Mr. Heck yeah. yeah. I was like, bro, he's going to have chicken. <laughs> yeah, little mon- or yeah, what is it? Or mon- pollos or manos yeah, or whatever. Yeah, manos. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, cool. I like. I hated nice. his mustache though. That's ugliest. Yeah. Sin. I was like, take that off. <laughs> well, but he's an imperial, so he's allowed. It's like the dude that had mutton chops and freaking rebels. Yeah, but that's true. I I think what Mandalorian has done exceptionally well is something that sometimes we haven't seen enough of in some of the other films. So I will be excited to have them extrapolate some of that and. Um, bring it on into whatever the future is. It seems like uh, uh, Bob Iger has pulled back a little bit on on how much they actually want to release because they do want to keep the mystery, the suspense, the interest alive. Uh, but I think for like true Star Wars fans, not the ones that just want to come on to complain, you know, but I think the ones that actually enjoy being brought back into that universe i think we'll be happy with whatever comes out and the stuff that we don't like we just won't watch it i mean i i have i haven't watched all the seasons of rebels it took me forever to get through uh clone wars and it's not because it was bad it's just it didn't it didn't pique my interest or it took a while for me to find the proper reason to be able to sit through it but to be fair i've watched peaky blinders the first no seriously i watched like the first like three episodes like four years ago or maybe three years ago, and told Brittany, like, oh, you should watch this with me. I think you'd really enjoy it. And then it wasn't until I was on baby leave that we marathoned all the seasons. So it, sometimes it just has to be right place, right time. Yeah. And I think for some people, especially coming out of Last Jedi, they're not in the right place yet. Yeah. Um, oh, qu- quick question. Was that... Okay, so so the, the alien thing that's making, like, the nightlight, who, like, I guess made the Knight of Ren outfits and is, like, fixes kylo's mask is that like a yoda species thing because it had the it had the ears and no it was um the, that was caesar from uh war of the planet of yeah the it, the, that that was the part that was so because like the bottom half looked all right it's just that nose bit looked weird and i was like did yoda's nose ever do something like that or could it be because of the helmet that he was forced to have on yeah to me it looked very um primate in yeah. the the way that it was designed, but yeah, I like mean, the it's, ears that were the, it was the ears that were throwing me, and I was just like, right. Mm. Well, and that, it, I think that I think would that's, be kind of cool too if they were like, oh yeah, this Yoda species, like they're very force uh, adept, but you know, maybe one of them can turn to the dark side. Right. Well, I, I, I that's what I liked about the prequels with the the Jedi Council being made up of multiple different mm-hmm. species. I thought that was really interesting. And I, I like Yaddle. Yaddle, good old Yaddle. Um I like I liked that they they uh they broadened that out a bit more like in the beginning sequence where they're on the um Millennium Falcon and you've got this giant slug like thing doing something. I'm not exactly sure what he was there for, but just having another non human character yeah. there makes the universe feel so much bigger. When they go to Maz uh, Kanata's castle in uh, Force Awakens, then you get into the, you know, you get into that main room and you, you know, they do the the camera pan as they follow the Shivastanian wolfman as he's walking yeah. through the, the crowd. Like, I love that kind of stuff. I love that you're reminded that this isn't just a bunch of humans and a big furry 
you know, walking carpet. I did like in uh, in uh, Mandalorian where it's been what like at most like ten years between Episode Four and the Mandalorian. I think they said. Oh yeah, from episode four. Yeah, yeah I think so they been, said it's been, eight to ten yeah, years. Like, yeah. yeah, so like we'll say at most ten years, and they go to Tatooine, and it is no longer. It's now run by droids. Droids. I was yeah, like, yeah, that's a that. good callback. I like that. They're just like the droids, just like burp, 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 we're just gonna walk in now. I was like, cool. Yep. I like it. How the times have changed. <laughs> it's like that's what happens. You get your arm cut off, and they're like, oh well, that's insurance. I gotta sell. Well, that and, and like two dead bodies. The dro- <laughs> well, I would hope that part of the reason why three PO has a red arm in the Force Awakens was because he helped overtake Wooher's bar <laughs> the, in the cantina. I think that'd be pretty pretty ba. That would be great. Okay, so what would you give Last Jedi if you were to uh, rank it out I, of five? Out of five, honestly, I'd probably give it five. Like when Brittany and I walked out of the theater, like Brittany, Remy, and I went inside opening night. Six six o'clock PM, you know, loaded up on popcorn and, and soda. And when we walked out of there, like I was on cloud nine. Like I said before, it gave me everything that you want to see in a Star Wars film. You know, yeah, I wish that the beginning maybe maybe they had paced it a little better at the at the beginning. But I'd say before this one, Rogue One was hands down my yep. favorite. I liked Rogue One more than I liked Force Awakens and definitely more than I liked The Last Jedi. And I liked Solo more than I liked The Last Jedi. So I think with this one, like I said, it gave me all the stuff that I really, really wanted with Rogue One. I was really hoping for Chirrut to be a Jedi. I wanted, instead of his, you know, bow staff, you know, bow and arrow thing that he had, I really wanted him at that final battle sequence to whip out a lightsaber. And you're just like, he was a Jedi. That's why he could do all this cool stuff. His staff but, is just like, he's just like, oh, well, it's time. And he like flicks it off and is just holding like a little bit. And it's like, boom, it's a double lightsaber. I would, I honestly, or even if it was, he had the staff, but at the end of the staff, a lightsaber blade came out. Even like so it's a just, little he had one, a different like a little bitty lightsaber. Like, doo, 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 doo. Yeah, honestly, anything like that, I think like it would have been guard. that fun. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a nice call out. But I think that it would have, it would have been a nice little nod to the fans. But I understand trying to keep this away from Jedi influence, like trying to make it a story that doesn't need a Jedi to um, make it interesting. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I think with this one, it gave us everything. And man, it gave me Dennis Lawson. I love Wedge Antilles. Like, yeah. I love him in the movies. That was, that was really the, nice. I was like, Wedge. Yeah, if only in the books, Gold he's Leader even better. Come back. Right? No, no. Yeah, or in pieces. But uh, now with, with Wedge Antilles, if you guys ever are into the books and you want to read uh, the Rogue Squadron mm-hmm. series, it's still hands down my favorite book series in, in all of the expanded universe. Yeah. Like, it, what about for you? What would you what would you rate this uh, one? I'm gonna give this a solid four. Like nice. a solid four. That's high for you. Yeah, like for a Star Wars film, that's very high for Judge. Nice. Like, um like I, I, I talked about the gripes that I had about it. To me though, like there's a lot more of the good that I actually enjoyed about this film. Um yeah. like in, in the shots, there were some really good shots. Like like that transition scene, like when like like in in the like in the uh like basically whenever ray and kylo are having their cool little like where like what what did he call them like the emperor calls them something something special like he calls them like they're they're almost like they're bonded yeah like 
whenever they they share that force bond like i love all of those like i love them in the last in in last jedi i love them in this movie they're more in depth um there's also a really nice shot uh when the the little ragtag rebel fleet is attacking the star destroyers there's a yeah. shot they're behind a star destroyer there's the blue of the engine and you just see like the little silhouettes of the fighters just like going through the blue yeah. before it transitions to like all the uh the uh ties coming out and i was just like that's a damn cool scene right there like if you could get me a poster of that just like that take it. like right there with like with all the little silhouettes i was like damn that's a cool shot um i like the 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 first order like gunners I thought those guys looked pretty cool. Oh with, yeah, with, their with little like their red helmets. I was like, bro. Yeah. I did like how they have kind of like evolved because I like, remember the first two guys, like those poor dudes in the first Death Star, who took like, oh, a rail here, and they're just like, we don't even have earmuffs. We, we're looking at this without goggles, safety yeah. protection. Th- this is an energy ray that can destroy an entire planet, but we are standing right meters away from it. They they like goo, right? And like and I like these other oh, guys. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, we're gonna be on the bridge now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you guys know that we can fire this like from here. We don't have to like be basically outside and that's another thing like those guys are outside like is there like a little bitty force field or something like connecting them because like they're just like out in space basically yeah it's i think that when you kind of touched on it perfectly right where the the things that you would gripe about were almost inconsequential where you're like okay well they're they're so minuscule and there was so much good in this Mm -hmm. movie that you know that's why i could easily see that you know a four to five star ranking or dippers or yeah um, i mean i i would give it a 4.5 if i did the 0.5s because like it's almost perfect for me there's again the little bitty gripes but like again like i would have killed more characters but i would have killed everybody in the force awakens like I would have, I would have had, I would have all of our original characters from the first three, from the first trilogy. I would have them on the Millennium Falcon. I would blow it up, and I'd be up, like, oh, done. You know, that's starting what I would from have done. scratch. Like exactly, right. like just completely start from scratch. Be like, in a freak spacer accident, the Millennium Falcon died. was destroyed with all hands. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> like I would have been fine with that. So what. Well- and I think my gripe, my biggest gripe for Force Awakens is the fact that we never got the original trilogy characters to meet up. We didn't yeah. get the Han, Luke, and Leia meet up. Um, I mean, ultimately, we, we didn't really get it in this one either. But it was, well, Luke I think and for Leia me, that met up twice. Both times. Twice. When Luke as ghosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and, you know, we get the, the, you know, little cameo with Han, which was really cool yes. for him to not be like, oh, he's a force ghost. But it was like, no, this is, this is Ben Solo's memory of his dad. And it's how the conversation could have mm-hmm. gone had Ben not being, Ben being manipulated. Yeah, I like it. And it's literally almost the exact same conversation. And I loved that. Like, yeah. like, I don't think I can do it. And he's like, you can't. I, 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 that was one of the things that was very surprising to me, that they got Harrison Ford back into being yeah. in another Star Wars. They were like, Mr. Ford, we'll give you a bunch of money. We just need you for like maybe five minutes of screen time. And he's like, don't make me blue. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Pretty much. I'll be in it, but I'm not going to be a force ghost. 
I'm going to wear my own clothes. No, no I, I, I love that. I think Levi's and my Converse. Shoot me from the waist up. I've got an earring in. It's canon. But no, I love, like those are the kind of things. Those are the payoffs that I think really make this movie worth it. Um, this is definitely a see it in the theater. This is not a wait till it's out on yeah. Disney Plus or wait till it's on Blu-ray. You need to have that full theater experience. And honestly, I would have suggested seeing it opening weekend because then you're with mm-hmm. the crowd that is going to appreciate this movie in the way that you would want them to appreciate it. Everybody in our theater was clapping every time, you know, certain characters were, were shown on screen. People were hooting and hollering. You know, it was, it, to me, it was akin to seeing Endgame or Infinity War in the theaters because our crowd was so excited. Like, I saw Endgame three times opening weekend, right? And the first night, everybody was exploding. They were cheering. Everybody was super excited. It was a standing ovation at the end of the movie. And that was Thursday. And then I went and saw it on Friday and Saturday. And the crowds on Friday and Saturday were nowhere near what I got on Thursday night. And I would think it's probably going to be the same thing with this, is that your best opportunity to see it would have been Thursday night. Uh, but it's not too late. It's still the Christmas, you know, the holiday week, the Christmas week. You've got a lot of people that are not in school. So you could, I'd still go say, go and see it. We plan on seeing it because we want to take Eowyn. Because we want it to be, because Remy's first movie in the theater was Force Awakens. My first movie in the theater was Return of the Jedi. So I want to make sure that her first movie in the theater it's is um, Rise of Skywalker. So it has to be Star Wars. Um, I the the Friday nine a.m. crew was like, it was a bunch of kids that you could tell school. Like I guess school ended on either you know Wednesday or Thursday, and they were like. We're out of school, but we still woke up early because we're set like that right now. So like these these kids may have been like maybe seniors, maybe juniors. I I can't tell because like, but they were <laughs> they were young like like ha ha ha. We're on the basketball team, kids. You know, like there was it was a group of friends that I sat here and they they all sat next to me and uh, I'm sitting there and like I'm sitting next to this one kid and he starts crying and I'm just like. Bro, I understand. It's okay, man. <laughs> like when Leia dies, he's just like <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, man." And then like we uh when we watched it today, there was a girl uh there was a girl next to me and then there was another girl over there uh like next to her who was like arming and everything like when uh Ray and uh Kylo were doing their thing and like you think Ray's dead and then Kylo's hand like Pips up, she's like, Yes and then uh, he like stumbles over and he's like holding her and she's like, Yes Like she's like she's knowing that it you know, something's about to happen. And so like he brings her back and she's like and then they kiss and she was like <laughs> and then I was like, Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just and wait. then she he dies and she's like and I'm just like it was right there. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> it, it tickled me so much. I'm like I can I can watch this. I'm gonna wa-. like so I'm like kind of watching in my peripherals. I'm just kind of like okay, here it comes. Here it comes. He's about to he's gonna smile and laugh and then he's gonna just drop dead. And I'm just like watching her and she it happens and she's just like <gasps> I'm just like <laughs> I thought that was we, great. The only good love story a- in this Star Wars. Well, the second one. Poe and Zori. Right. No, the... uh, And Poe and Finn. Was it when we saw Civil War 
there was uh there was a we were ended up having to sit up towards the front because it was before our theater had assigned seats Gross. in it and the girl that was next to me was losing her mind the entire movie like literally was the no don't go in there no don't do that oh watch out behind you like the whole like just completely losing it and especially the little f- fight between um bucky steve and, and tony at the end she was just i thought i don't think she was gonna make it like she was probably late teens young 20s but she i i, I was like this girl's gonna have a heart attack she's gonna have a heart attack and die right next to me oh man and there's nothing i'm gonna be able to do because i'm trying to yeah, watch exactly. this movie it's like <laughs> we're, we're not gonna call anybody until afterwards <laughs> right, I'm gonna wait till the credits are over because there's always a post credit scene. So she's just gonna have to hold on. I did like how there was like that one, um, uh, uh, like there, that one song on like that cool like uh, festival planet that was written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Like I'm sitting there yeah. in the credits and I'm like, it gets to like almost the very, very end, the very end of the credits, and I like, I like, I was like, I don't know what I was doing. I think I was talking to Gavin and I looked up at the thing and it was like. It was like Bada Kapu or something, something weird. It was like by Lin Manuel Miranda, and I was like, "Wait, what? Lin Manuel Miranda? <laughs> like, what did he?" But I think Gavin told me he's like, "Yeah, he's like the head of like music or something weird at Disney," and I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Yeah, he's he's basically like the the. Uh, oh man, why am I blanking on their names? The guys that wrote all the songs for Disney, like the the brothers that did the music for like Mary Poppins, yeah, those guys, yeah, which makes sense because Richard and Poppins. Robert, yeah. Um, so did you guys see any cool previews? No, all the previews were awful, and they took entirely too long. Bro, like our movie started at six fifty, was supposed to start at six fifteen, started at six forty five. I'm cool with like fifteen, twenty minutes of previews, but when it gets to like thirty minutes mm-hmm. of previews, it's way too long. That, that's my problem with like AMC is okay. They'll give you like eight. Well, we had Regal. Yes. And they yeah. totally abused That was the, the first one I went to. It was like Regal. And it was just like, my movie started at nine. It was, yeah, it was like 930. And I was like, but the movie, please, like, give me the, like, like I, I did get In the Heights, which was pretty cool. Like, I'm going to go see In the Heights. Um, um, we got Mulan, which yeah. I was definitely, ex- I would, I mean, I, we had seen the trailer on Twitter, but it was just still super epic seeing on the big screen. Uh, Spies in Disguise looks really good. Like Remy wants to see that. That's probably one that I'll sit out and I'll let uh, Brittany take him while I'm. I'll drive up to something. Fresno. I'll take Remy to go see Spies in Disguise. There you go. You guys can you guys can have a mandate. Because uh, like, yeah, like, I'm like that may be my animated film of the year. Because like there hasn't really been anything good. Like to me, like I thought Frozen Two was cool. Um it was pretty, but I, like story wise, it was flat for me. Um, I did like. Uh... Okay, so here's the thing. So I've been noticing a lot of people calling Kristoff's like, uh, like his '80s ballad, like his boy band, like a boy band song, and I'm like, that's not a boy band song. That's a ballad. Like he did, <laughs> he did a rock ballad. Like guys, that's that's what that is. Like that is like. Ario Speedwagon and White Snake. Come on, guys. That is what this is. And they're like, it's a boy band. And I'm like, no. Like, like in no. the like in the, during the credits, like the people that I was sitting next to, they were talking. Like, yeah, I liked his boy band song, and I just wanted to be like, it's not, it's mm. not boy band. That no, 
Just stop. Like, <laughs> you're like you're making me angry. Like just Knock because there's multiple like people doesn't mean that it's a boy band. Like right. Like get out of here, kids today. It's their first day. Yeah, it's their first day. You got to cut them some okay. slack. Jeez. Uh, what would you give the Mandalorian? <laughs> oh, like in terms of rank, yeah. like rating. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's a solid yeah, a five. Solid five. With, yeah. with uh with with um. Rise of Skywalker, like you could argue for a four point five or a five, but with Mandalorian, man, that's solid. Even, even the maybe it is Episode Five, which was too bad because that was the one that had uh, uh, Ming Na Wen in it. Uh, I really wanted that one to be so good, but the uh, the dude that's the kid of that actor that was like the other bounty hunter, he was was so bad. Yeah, he was the worst. I I. I swear he that had to have been a favor casting. Yeah, like, where it was I, like I was we saying, owe somebody. He was the worst part of that thing, and I'm just like, this could have been so good. Like, and I I'm thought kind of I was watching bring Ming Na back because I'm like, oh, they have just to throw her in a back to tank. She'll be fine. Yeah, well, there well, there was the boots that somebody finds her yeah. and takes her with them. So like, she they're not just going to take the body. She's still got to be alive. But no, that kid. And I'm not saying that the story wasn't good because the story was good. Like, I get the point of like, here's a, a, a blossoming bounty hunter who's trying to get into the guild. Like, here's a Mandalorian, a renowned bounty hunter. Like, yes, why wouldn't he idolize and kind of fawn over you? But this kid was. Like every delivery, I thought I was watching like a Disney, like made for TV movie from like the late 90s. Like it was just horrendously bad. Yeah. And it took, it did, did kind of take me out of the series a little bit. But, and I was really hoping that Ming Na Wen's character was going to kill him, to be honest with you. I, yeah. When he was getting closer, I was just like, oh, please just like have like a knife in your boot or something. Like, yeah. do a cool flip and like take him out, man. Yeah, I was like, this kid's not even a full-fledged bounty hunter yet, and you are a, a an experienced assassin, and you can't take him out. Like, why would you throw that little throwing blade at his blaster? Like, should have been in his neck. Yeah. Like, what is going on? So I don't know. Th- that was that was probably the one that I was not super pumped out about. But the first three were were super good. The fourth one where they have to uh, take out the ATST was awesome. Yeah. The, the sixth. The um. Uh, what seven? Remote planet. One, yeah. Yeah, that one I loved. Um, the heist movie on in, in uh, episode six, that or was, Remy calls it season six. B- uh, that was great. Bill Burr, oh my god, dude, so good, and he's just playing himself basically mm-hmm. because it's exactly the, when he calls him a wise ass. I was like, okay, well that's just Bill Burr. So. I thought he killed uh, uh, Clancy Brown's character though. Oh um, yeah, I was the Deveronian. Like, like, I was like. Oh snap! Oh wow! Like yeah, Mandalorian. Like, cause like I, at first I was like, okay, he's gonna be do something, you know, kind of be like he's gonna like push him out or something. And then he did, there was like, and I was like, oh, he killed Cancy Brown. <laughs> I was like, oh no! Well, I love when he unleashed the flamethrower on him, and he just walks through it smiling like, like I'm, I'm a, a Deveronian. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's literally no way. And the best part was is that Clancy Brown played Surtur in Thor Ragnarok, the big fire god demon. I, Oh, you didn't see oh no, I did. I did. I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, no, surprise. but you know who Surtur is. You know who's. Yeah. No, no, right? no I big didn't surprise. know who that was. Like when you said the big fire demon, I was like, oh yeah, the one at the beginning, and then at the end. yeah, and the end. Yes. So that that was Clancy Brown as well. But oh, yeah, yeah I cool. definitely thought that he was dead. I definitely thought that he killed Bill Burr. Definitely thought he killed uh, 
Tonks from yeah. freaking uh, uh, Harry Potter. I was like, please but, don't no- kill her three times. Like, they kill right? her in Harry Potter, they kill her in Game of Thrones, and then they kill her in Star Wars. I'm like, girl can't catch a break. But no, I thought that one was really well done. Uh, I could have watched that as a full-fledged oh, movie. Yeah. Like, you could have made that a two-hour film, and I would have watched it with no I issue. I felt bad for that rebel kid, though. I was kind of like, oh. Oh, yeah, no, that, that one I felt kind of bad I mean, like, for. It's bad when you give him a name. Like, if he right. just would have been, like, Rebel Trooper, it would have been like, oh, sorry, kid. But the moment he was like, my name is whatever my name is, I was like, oh, new friend for Mandalorian. Cool. Right. And then it's like, nope, he did. Like, oh. Well, that, and then and then you're you're kind of like, well, Mando, it was sort of a dick move to put that tracker on because there's all those other people that also work on that station that just got destroyed by those New Republic fighters. So, well, they not were all really like cool. smuggler stations, so... But still, yeah. but still, you know, there's a, there, there's, there's, there's a limit, but obviously he's a bounty hunter. He doesn't really care, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, well, I'm, for, I'm really for, excited. For I think hunter, this he's is a very nice bounty hunter. Well, he, he just cares about kids because he was once a lost child. So yeah. he feels that same connection and resonance with the asset. If you yeah, will, it's got enough, it's got enough humor in it that it's not like forced humor either. Like I did, right. like, like in the in episode four, where like he and uh, what's her face, the rebel girl, they're uh, what what is her name? Uh, Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Well, like when they're when they're you know, you know, fighting, punching each punching other, and, and she's like pinning him, and he's like, "Want some soup?" Fucking love that, dude. That's like yeah. my favorite part. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> Sorry, Glee, <laughs> everybody my gets one. one that we had. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all uh, right. Like, I was I, I was saving mine for later. No. It's okay. We can do it. It 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 can be one no, of those I'm like good, okay. the new PG thirteens. Have you noticed like some of the new PG thirteens? Like there's two of them. Okay. See, and I was having this conversation with Brittany though. Is that I was I was trying to explain to her how our movies from the eighties and nineties are equal to PG thirteen movies now. Yeah. So yes, Remy is obviously much younger than thirteen. But if we'll let him watch PG thirteen movies that are coming out now, then he could watch our movies from the eighties and nineties. As long she disagrees, know, some of them, some of them, you know, they're, they're they're a little bit much. But I mean, like, yeah, you can have him watch Ghostbusters. That's okay. That's a PG well, movie. Back to the I'm future not, I'm not, is a PG movie. Yeah, I'm not trying to make him watch Braveheart like a disemboweled Mel Gibson, but I mean, I like what was it that I want? I was, I think Terminator. I was like, oh, we should let him watch Terminator, and she was like, no. I think he would like to. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, th- there's nothing really bad in it. I mean, there's there's like a little bit of swearing, like in the no. I mean, the the hardest scene may be like the police, like in the police station, because that's. Right. Uh, and like the milk bit where he like stabs the 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 boyfriend husband or whatever the stepdad in the mouth oh, yeah, with yeah. the milk that's a bit much but but that yeah, but we usually try to like divert his attention it'd be the same thing when we were watching like the Marvel Netflix series and every time you know Luke Cage is getting it on or I should say Jessica Jones is getting it on we're like hey Remy look over here real quick we try to like distract he- him so we're terrible parents. Die Hard would be okay. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, there's a lot of bullets and shooting and whatnot. Yeah, but and I mean, really, the only new Star Wars where it's lasers everywhere. True, but for some reason that feels less lethal. Yeah, you're right. Because like, no. I say so. A question, like, so you know when when Kylo got stabbed, right? Right. There's like blood on his uni, and I kind of don't. I don't get that. Shouldn't that have like fully cauterized? 
Well, no, it's it is cauterized. Like you could see the. But there's a little like it, there's a little bit of you know stuff like where the hole was. I would have thought that just like singed. You know what I mean? Like that's just the cloth and oh, the skin all possi- being singed. Possibly. It looked like the same, and it may have just been like a makeup, you know, transfer that right. possibly happened. But like to me, I was looking at, it, I was like, hmm. There's also a scene where. Like he's got the uh, like he's when he's attacking those dudes in the forest at the beginning of the movie when he like lifts one up but he's like lifting him up like with his lightsaber and I'm like no he's lifting him he's lifting him up with the scabbard part oh is he okay yeah he stabbed him with the short blade and oh he's okay him that up. makes more sense because like I saw that and I was like it's a re- it looks cool but I was like shouldn't that have like cut when he just put him in guy? half <laughs> <laughs> yeah ideally it would have but it's you know Star Wars movie they pick and choose when yeah. things want to do what we believe them to do I do like it I, I I also really liked Ray's little I liked her new lightsaber I thought that was pretty dope. Well, now we've put yellow as a cannon blade for for light side users, mm-hmm. and because uh, Plo Koon's was orange, right? No, his was blue. I thought he had an his orange. His was blue. One. No, the only the only person that had in the prequels, the only person that had a different lightsaber, at least in the films, other than blue and green, was just Mace Windu. Everybody else's was all blue and green. Um, we didn't start seeing multicolored lightsabers other than in like the video games and referenced in the books and whatnot, I think until Clone Wars. I think Clone Wars was when they started introducing like yellow and orange lightsabers. And then in Rebels, they expanded on that where the With Temple the Guardians had like, and everything and yeah, the, it was the black vibroblades. But in Rebels, the Temple Guardians had like a silvery white lightsaber blade. Um, but now we have yellow. I always chose orange. Like when I was playing Jedi, yeah. um, Jedi Knight and um, Dark Forces and whatnot, um, when Kyle Katarn, when you could change your lightsaber blade, I always made it orange. But that's a Syracuse reference. Uh, so. I think uh, maybe it was just the toy because I remember the toy. His lightsaber was orange. And may, see the one that may have just been the, the one toy. that we have. It. I feel like the one that we had it was blue because I bought a whole bunch of um, Episode One toys from Walmart when I started at Coca Cola as a merchandiser. Uh, cause they were like, they were clearanced out at like, like two fifty per figure. So I just bought a whole bunch of them. And I want to say the Plo Koon one that I have is it's the one where he has the armor pieces that you can put on him, but he came with a blue lightsaber because the only green saber we have is Qui-Gon Jinn's hmm. and, Le- and Yoda. Sorry. So Qui-Gon Jinn's and Yoda's is the only two that we have. Maybe it was the comics. It may have been the comics where he has an orange yeah, one randomly. Orange one. That would be dope. I would love to see like a more rainbow spectrum when it comes to yeah. lightsaber utilization. Because you got to figure, well, yeah, because the blade is the blade's color is dictated by the the gem that you use, the Corsica gem that you put into the the hilt itself. So you almost don't know what color the blade's going to be until you ignite it, because it depends on how the crystals align. Well, if so, if I you know. go to well, when you go to build your uh, lightsaber canonically. Um, and it comes in that little tube. If you hold it up to the light um, at Disneyland and you can't see through it, that means you got one of the black ones. And they only put like Ooh. X amount of black ones out during the day. <laughs> Never mind. Well, yeah, because isn't that like the big thing where it's like there's only one out of every 500 yep. or something like yep. that? So that was like the cheat. Like you could go into the red ones and like if you held it up and you could see through it it was a regular red one but if you held it up to the light and you couldn't see through it was... that was the black one and that's the special one 
easy to yeah. find. And it's not technically cheating or whatever. It's just like, yoink is mine. Look what I found. Yeah, it's not like a Harry Potter, the one chooses you thing. Like you pick that, you pick that, you pick that crystal. Like, <laughs> yeah, you find you it. Find you find the crystal. one you want. Oh, uh, Liam, this was fun. We should do this again sometime. I know. It's been like, oh God, I don't even remember the last time I was on. Probably the last time there was a Star Wars movie that came out. Yeah. No, no. Cause we, we yelled about something. We usually do. Yeah. I don't remember. Was it Marvel? Did we yell about Marvel? Because you don't usually watch anything it Marvel. May have, was it Incredibles 2? May have been. It may have been yeah, it might have been. Ugh. Anyway. Wow, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, so, so far away that we pretend not to remember it. Um, right? Uh, so, Liam, uh, where can everybody find you social media and podcast-wise? Oh, perfect. So you can, as always, find me uh, at Hilt Radio if you'd like to tune into our Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars uh, podcast. Uh, but it's H-Y-L-T, as in here, you leave today, radio on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me individually, you can find me at Liam Bright, uh, also on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and as I said, I'm the uh, host, or I co-host Hilt Radio with my wife and then sometimes with our son, Remy. Uh, I also co-host... Uh, American Hammers Radio, uh, which is a West Ham United uh, podcast for those that are soccer fans or football fans, if you will. And then uh, I also randomly do a show called This Story Sucks uh, with my best buddy Tim, uh, who is a voiceover artist and actor uh, that I've known for like the last 15 some odd years, uh, who still lives in New York. But uh, we do that where we just rant about whatever topic we want to complain on. Nice. And we'll put all those in the show notes if you want to follow me and follow the shows. Um, check those out. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast. All of our episodes available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, uh, YouTube, and on our website, AnimationStationPodcast.com. Liam, thanks again for coming. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. All right. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Liam. Bye, everybody. Oh, wait, wait. wait I'm sorry. Uh, um, try to make the world a better place. Right? A better place. Yeah, yeah. you remembered. God, it's been a while since I've been the Bye-bye Little Butterfly. Man, it has, it has been a bit. And can you can you change your Twitter and Instagram to Josh L, like E-L, Kane? Because you do have a little bit of Spanish in your in your bloodline. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and then that translates to Josh the Cane, Josh which the is Kane. pretty. It's pretty badass. Josh the Kane. You could no. <laughs> <laughs>